Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. Fresh fire. Today, I simply, as we've looked at this study, uh, I, I simply want to do this. The title to this is Address the Question, Why? Why Fresh Fire? Why, Pastor, have you done a series on this? Why, why is this so important to the church? Well, we've been learning as we've gone through this series and looking at the, the Acts narrative about the origin, the beginning of the church. We have, we have studied in there in Scripture very clear patterns. I want you to hear what I'm saying here. It's really important. We've seen in this narrative, the biblical narrative, the history of the church's origin. Clear patterns are there for us to see. And when we take an unbiased look at, at, at our origin, the church, the beginning of the church. Now, can I tell you this? Uh, I say this frequently, but I want to make sure we know. When I say the church, I'm not just talking about a Calvary assembly. Church family, do we understand there is only one church on this whole planet? Now, a lot of people try to act like they own some of it. But there's one church, every born-again believer who's accepted Christ as their Savior, every race, every tongue, every ethnicity, every age, every location, there is only one church. You can't join it. You're born again into it. How many know what I'm saying? By the work of the Holy Spirit and confessing Christ as Savior. And so when I say church, let's make sure we understand. We're part of that church. Hallelujah. We're a a local body of believers, part of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank God for his church around the world. But when we take an unbiased look, not a, uh, a, 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 a look that is filtered through tradition or ritual or, or even familial connections, but if we take an unbiased look at Scripture, we, we, we begin to see these, these clear patterns. Uh, it, it's overwhelmingly clear that how the church began is the same pattern that we're to follow today. I think it's important that we realize the church has not become a museum. Everybody with me? We are not a museum, and you and I as believers today are not guides in a museum about what the church used to be, but rather we are participants in what the church is today. That's who we are. Are you with me? Okay, so... So what we must come to a place is that we need to stop rewriting our theology to accommodate who we are today and shift who we are today to fit the Word of God. We need to understand that that we need to stop rewriting theology and we need to regain fresh fire. Is anybody with me with that today? We need fresh fire. Why? Because the effect of the Holy Spirit's presence as he exalts Jesus Christ, is irreplaceable. There is nothing we can do in our cumulative efforts as men and women, as church members, as human beings. There is nothing we can do. All of our ability together, our education, our gifts, our talents, our, 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 our finances, all grouped together will never, ever be able to do what the presence of God can do. It is irreplaceable. When we look at Scripture, there is no plan B. Okay? There is no plan B. If God is not with us, we're in trouble. If we are not operating through the power of the Holy Spirit, as Jesus clearly told the disciples, we are in trouble. We we understand 
We need fresh fire. Why, Pastor? Because the effect of the Holy Spirit exalting Jesus, opening Scripture, transforming our lives cannot be replaced by any other entity. It's irreplaceable. He is irreplaceable. There is no plan B. I want you to understand this. I'm going to read some scripture. Don't worry. We're going to get there. You know we're going to have plenty of that. But as you look through the book of Acts, it's amazing to me, and I see the parallel today. Why would we, as in the church at large, be moving away from the fresh current impact of the Holy Spirit when we have never needed His impact more? If you look at the book of Acts, you'll find these continuing outpourings of the Holy Spirit were God's response to, if if you study this again, the book of Acts, there there are three situations, three scenarios where you'll find fresh outpourings of the Holy Spirit. When there was a crisis, when the church was facing crisis, when the church was facing compromise, and when the church was facing opportunity. I can tell you today, in my time pastoring this church, in my experience serving God, Just my experience. I can read history as well. But in just my experience, I have never seen the church in America at a greater turning point than it is right now. I have never seen a greater crisis than the one we face right now. I have never sensed the move to muzzle the gospel in this nation like we face right now. Who would have ever thought and I'll probably get some stuff on this, but I'm just going to trust God because we're out. It's, it's, you know, who would ever thought that, the, that big tech would monitor what we say and what we do? Who would ever think? Did you ever think? Do you think your grandparents ever passed through their mind that your, their grandchildren couldn't pray, pray in school? Do, 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 do you ever realize the crisis we face? The compromise that tries to creep into the church to, to accommodate. So we, we, we find this sense, I hear it, where, where people are, are, are Christians are allowing culture to dictate their beliefs instead of the word dictating how I respond. We're facing a crisis of a challenge of an antichrist spirit in this culture. We face the challenge of Christians acquiescing, compromising to culture. And then at the same time, because, you know, I'm not the guy that sees the glass half full. I see the glass running over every day. <laughs> we got some crises. There's some crises facing us and compromise trying to infiltrate us. But I'm going to tell you what we also have is the widest door of opportunity we have ever had in the history of this nation. How many are with me today? How many are just watching? How many are with me today? Some of you kind of look like you're still online at home right now. How many in the house? Okay. So what we, what we understand is the opportunity is unparalleled. This culture is running out of options. It's, it's the, the crazy things, come on, that you and I see every day. That people are doing to try to find some peace, some contentment, some provision, some joy, some self-esteem. The unbelievable, radical extremes our culture is invested in to try to make life work. And we have the answer in Jesus Christ. 
the Savior, the healer, the deliverer, the God who fills us, restores us, renews us, resurrects us. The opportunity before us is unparalleled. That's why we must have fresh fire. We, we, we don't have an answer for that within ourselves. Do you know that? I know you got a lot of followers on your Facebook, but it's just not enough. I know you're cute, but it's not enough. Come on. <laughs> I, know every, I know you're all that, but it's just not enough. How many understand what I'm saying? We need fresh fire. Fresh fire. Fresh fire. There is no substitute. So let's look very quickly, just, just quickly, uh, be, because I need to keep moving through this. In fact, I, I've got to edit a little bit. I, I can already see I'm, I'm a little behind my time here because i got a lot I want to do here today. Let, let's just... Uh, Let's go to Acts chapter 4, verse 13. Acts 4, 13. Now, we understand Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 1, uh, we, we have the command. Someone say command. Not a suggestion, but a command. Jesus said, I, I have given you the assignment to preach the gospel to every creature. No one's to be left out. No one's outside the circle of God's love and concern. Go everywhere and preach the gospel. He said, but before you get started, you need to wait. Until you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit, until you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, then you can be my witnesses, right? Is that what he said? So he said, you wait until that happens. In Acts 2, that's universally accepted uh, by all Orthodox Christianity as the birthday of the church. That's when the Holy Spirit was poured out upon them and the church was launched. So they were all filled, we read there in Acts chapter 2. By the way, I have to just tell you, uh, last week I had one of my Holy Spirit bucket lists fulfilled. See, I have read for years Acts chapter 2, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and then Peter gets up to preach, and 3,000 people got saved in a day. So I've been looking at that for a long time. So now, God, if you did it then, I believe you can do that now. The Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I really believe this fresh fire, you know. And so I've been praying a long time. I said, God, I want to see 3,000 people saved in a day. Well, last week in Honduras... We saw it happen two days in a row. Come on, he's... <laughs> I was a little bit cranked up, I have to tell you. And, 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 and when I was walking on the platform for that first night, Pastor Emilio saw it, Pastor Phyllis saw it, and I was about to walk on the platform, and I heard this voice, this, this voice. I was going, what is that? And I looked, and there was a witch behind the platform, just doing all of her spells. And, and they told me in Spanish, she's yelling... Don't come forward. Don't come forward. Don't come forward. She was commanding people not to respond to the gospel. And you have to understand, our battle's not flesh and blood. And she was from me to that back wall away. And she couldn't hear me. And the crusades going there singing. And you saw them. And it just going on. But, but all I said, I, I, didn't, I didn't shout. I just said, I bind you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. Her head whipped around and looked at me and didn't. The church began to pray. And I can tell you, you and I don't have demon power, the power over a demon. But the name of Jesus does. The authority of Jesus does. And God did it. And, and, and so just like on the day of Pentecost, uh, we had two 3,000 people saved services. God is good. Isn't he amazing, mighty? How many ready to see it? Come on. Does Alabama need to see that? Yes. Yes. Yes, yes. So we see the launch of the church. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. It was amazing. 3,000 people got saved. 
But then we, we go to Acts chapter 3, and Peter and John are going to the temple on the day, uh, as they did every day to go pray. They encountered the lame man they had encountered every day, but now they have something they didn't have before. said, in the name of Jesus, sir, rise up and walk. And he ran, leaping and praising God. Well, when he went into the temple, it upset all the religious apple carts and, and the people, these, these Pharisees. They said, well, we thought we'd kill Jesus. Now, what is this? So they brought him in and threatened them and said, you know, you can't preach in the name of Jesus. You've got to stop this. Acts chapter 4, come on with me real quickly, verse 13. And this is what, I, I love this. Why do we need fresh fire? Look at this. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. Are you with me? Why were they astonished? Because they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Mm. What's going to make you and I act like, think like, talk like, walk like, preach like, pray like we've been with Jesus? Fresh fire. Fresh fire. If there's anything anybody could say about you and me, they've been with Jesus. They've been in the presence of God. If there's anything that a church should carry as a mandate, as a covering, as a mantle, as those people have been with Jesus. So, so see, uh, verse 14, but since they couldn't, uh, could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. You know, there are a lot of theological arguments in the world today that shouldn't be out there. Because we're arguing theory. But when God does it, the argument's over. There's nothing they can say. <laughs> Somebody told me God doesn't heal anymore. Well, let's just bring some of these healed people up and then the argument's over, isn't it? The, the, a lady there in Honduras, she had had a stroke the day before in the service. She, half her body was immobile. Uh, uh, the next day, the day, she, she told her family, get me to that crusade. I'm going to be healed. If you'll get me there, I'm going to be healed. She was healed and walked out of that place. Everything working well. He's the same God here. So, so they pray. Now, they just got filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. But here's a crisis. Are you with me? Here's a crisis. And, and let's drop down to verse number 23. On their release, Peter and John, they were threatened. They told them, you know, don't you speak anymore and pray in the name of Jesus. You can't do it. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people, reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in what? Prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. I know I'm reading fast. I'm doing it on purpose. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in the city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats. Enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. After they prayed, the place they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. They were filled again. Why? There was a crisis. There was an opportunity. There was a moment. God's response throughout the book of Acts narrative and for the church today is fresh fire. To meet the opportunity. Let's look at a couple of things here while we have a moment. I want you to turn to 2 Kings chapter 6. What does fresh fire do for us, Pastor? 
What did it do for them there? I want you to see this. What does fire do? Fire brings light, right? Fire brings light. What does fire do? It illuminates. It, it, it gives a perspective. I want you to hear me. There is a perspective that you and I need that can only come in the presence of the fresh fire of God. How many are with me right now? Now, I, I, we, we're talking about signs, wonders, and miracles. God does those things. But I, wanted, I want to make this very personal in your life today. I want to make this very personal about what the Holy Spirit wants to do in you. What he wants to do in your marriage, in your family, in your home, in your job, in the marketplace. The perspective of fire. There is a perspective that holy fire, the presence of the Holy Spirit, will accomplish that there is no substitute for. All right? Let let me make a statement. Our behavior is influenced by our perspective. Do you understand that? My behavior is a result of what I see. Of what I perceive, right? So, having said that, let's go to Second Kings chapter six. I ask you to go. I better catch up with you. Second Kings chapter six. I want you to see this 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 account, uh, verse number fourteen. You're familiar with this. Second Kings six, verse fourteen. Uh, uh, Elijah, or pardon me, Elisha, had been telling the king of Israel everything the the the, the king of uh, the Aramaeans was doing. It was like uh, they would make a move, and before they could move, uh, God would say, Elisha, tell the king the Aramaeans are going here. Tell the king the Aramaeans are going there. Uh, the king of the Aramaeans said, we got to get this guy. we got to get him out of here. So they surrounded him by night. All right? Verse 14. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early in the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city, sent an entire army to get one guy. You know, I kind of like that. Come on, tell the truth. Does the devil send a junior demon after you? He got to say, we got to pull the forces out on this one. Come on, anybody in the house with me? Come on. We, we're going to we're gonna have to man up to get a hold of these folks. All right, I'm just saying. All right. So, oh, my Lord, <laughs> the servant looks up. He gets up. He says, oh, my Lord, what are we going to do? Now, come on. You, you ever had one of those days? Come on, tell the truth. You ever had an, oh, my Lord, what, what, what's going to happen now today? We've had those. But look at this. Verse 16. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now, we know that's true. Sometimes we need to see that. Can I help? you understand what I'm saying? We, we need to see that sometimes. We need to perceive that sometimes. How do we do that? Elisha prayed, Lord, open his eyes so he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. There are going to be moments in your life and mine where it appears we're outnumbered, we're circled, it's over. My eyes see that. But there is an illumination the Holy Spirit brings where I can see what my natural eyes don't see, where I can perceive what I could not perceive myself. 
It may not actually be a vision where my physical eyes see it. But if I come to know it, you understand, if I perceive it, if I connect with it, if God allows me to know it, if I can see something, my perspective will change my behavior. See, if I see who's for me and not just who's against me, it's going to affect the way I make my choices in my life. Does anybody understand that? See, if I really get this, if, if I have the perspective of fresh fire, see, my doubt, my fear, my anxiety, my stress can be uh, eradicated with some fresh fire in my life. If I can see that God is for me. See, when, when, and, and these things are going to happen. There are going to be days in our own ability where we say, oh, my Lord, what am I going to do? See, there are going to be days when the enemy is going to tempt you. I know all of you are holy. I know you're born again, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't look at me cross-eyed like that. But I know there are days you get tempted. The devil knows where to push your button. Let's be real. He knows who and where. And there are going to be times you're going to be tempted because you're in this world. Are you with me? Now, this is, all, all you two holy folks can ignore this part of it, all right? The rest of us need this. I'm not just talking about sexual sin. Sometimes you get tempted to, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes bad drivers tempt me. Mm-mm. You know, those people that got their driver's license online, they sure didn't drive and prove to anybody they could drive. Anybody understand what I'm talking about? You know they didn't earn that driver's license. You know they didn't take a test. And then those ones that did take the, well, anyway, we get tempted. But when you have the perspective of fresh fire, see, you not only see the temptation, you see the reward of what happens when I say, God, get me through this thing. Are you with me? We need some perspective. See, those days when you're really weary and you just don't know if I can put one foot in front of another, in that day you need the perspective that if God be for me, who can be against me? You need the perspective on the weary days, on the tempted days, that you see things you couldn't see when you're left to your own ability. When those challenges come into your life, we need the perspective that says, you know, this is a challenge, but it just may be an opportunity. This setback may be my setup for the next thing that God's going to do in my life. And my behavior begins to be affected by the perspective I have because the Holy Spirit helped me see some things. Anybody with me still on this? See, the next time a giant comes in your life like Goliath did before David, instead of running and hiding, the Holy Spirit may begin to show you something. Instead of joining the pity party and and, and the giant self-help group where you stand up and say, you know, I'm so-and-so and and the giant kicks my tail every day and everybody says, yeah, he does mine too. You might see something different and say, hey, What am I going to get if I kill this bad boy? What are you going to do for me when I get rid of him? What's going to happen when I break this curse off this nation? Anybody with me? And you start looking at a giant like an opportunity to get a promotion. Why? Because there's a perspective. Anybody with me? That you don't have left to yourself. See, we, we, we just see things differently. We, we have a different perspective. See, the church needs this when, when, it, when we begin to look at unsaved people. 
Got quiet, didn't we? See, there's something about us as Christians. It seems like we forget where we came from. It's kind of like I get around people sometimes and they act like they were born saved. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and so we begin to look at unsaved people, listen to me, the way Jesus looked at us. What does it mean, Pastor? He looked beyond my faults and saw my needs. He looked beyond my craziness and saw how desperate that I really was. We begin to look at people that don't know Jesus instead of being ugly and critical and judging. Listen. Instead of compromising and joining, we begin to look at them with a perspective that says there's an answer for this. That's why we're here. That's who we are. There's a holy perspective that changes my behavior. See, in the church, I I can go on and on. I, I need to move on. But the generations, godly generations do this. See, young men and women, Gen Zs and millennials, that when, when they have the perspective of the Holy Spirit, they look at grandma and grandpa in the church, and, and, and they, don't, they, they, they love them, they respect them, they honor them. They, they begin to say, thank God because of them we're here. Thank God because of their legacy we're here. And grandma and grandpa in the church looks at Gen Z and the millennials, and, and the boomers look at these, and they say, hallelujah, that's our future. That's, that's who's coming on. That's who's coming up. And instead of having these old church uh, worship wars where one wants to sing this and one wants to sing that, we ought to just be happy to be worshiping God. We've got a perspective. We don't want everybody to look just like us. We don't want everybody to be just like me. Can I help you with something? If everybody in the church looks just like you, the church isn't any bigger than you. If everything in the church happens just the way I want it to happen, then the church isn't any bigger than me. I need some perspective that lets me see this isn't my place. It isn't my club. It isn't my property. It's the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I am thankful that I'm a part of it. I'm so glad that we're here red and yellow, black and white, young and old. I'm so thankful that God gave us the blessing and the perspective to realize his diversity was his design. And when we put it together, we're better than we ever could have been. By ourselves, <laughs> you, 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 you know, you, we stop looking at our enemies as, as our problem or obstacle. We realize Psalm 23 said, You prepare a table before me in the presence of who? <laughs> You've you got to have some enemies to have a good meal sometimes. <laughs> Next time those folks get on your case, just, just think, Hallelujah, I'm about to eat good right now. God's about to fill my table and bless my life. I got some enemies. I needed some enemies to recognize the presence of the Lord. Next time you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you don't fear evil because why? The Lord is with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. I might have to walk through some scary, dark places just to be reminded how close my God is. See, the perspective of the Holy Spirit. Allows you to make good decisions. It affects your behavior. You realize, young single adults, listen to me, single adults. You don't have to compromise to get the will of God in your life. You don't, are you with me? Come on. You, you don't have to look like, act like, drink like, talk like, speak like, smoke like, snort like, swallow like. These other people do. See, because you need somebody that doesn't smoke like, drink like, act like, snort like. 
talk like, look like, dress like because you want a man of God, a woman of God. You see something. See, I'm not just looking, do I have a date this weekend? Did somebody hit me up on online? Do I want to live the rest of my life with a man of God, a woman of God? Do I want to live a godly, holy life? Do I want to be today what I want to be the rest of my life? And Holy Spirit fire lets me see I'm willing to wait today to get what I see coming at me tomorrow. It's worth it. I see it. I'm, I'm got some more I want to say, but let's go to Ephesians 3.20. Ephesians 3.20. Everybody finding that? Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. See, th- this, this fire. So you see, I'm telling you why fire. <laughs> see, these are things that only the Holy Spirit can do. These are the works of the Holy Spirit that will affect my behavior because God's transformed my perspective. I see what I didn't see. See, why was, uh, why was Elijah chilling in the tent, drinking his coffee, having a good morning, and the servants out there having a nervous breakdown? Same place, same situation, but Elisha saw what the servant didn't see. <laughs> so let me ask you something. What do you want your life like? <laughs> you want to be chilling in the tent with that French press coffee? Life is good? Oh, you want to be out there pacing, my God, my God, my God, my God. I'm going to die today. What's going to happen to me today? They're going to fire me at work today. I'm going to go, I'm going to go in. And if oh, so-and-so at work, if I see them again today, I'm going to lose my mind. I tell you, that traffic on 565, I don't know what I'm going to do. All those kids at school, I don't. You need some fresh fire. You're going to have a breakdown. You're going to have a nervous breakdown. You need some fresh fire. Okay. The perspective of fire, irreplaceable, irreplaceable. The power of the fire. Let me just hit it for a minute because we're, we're going to have to move on. Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able. All this is to him who is able. Did you get that? To him who is able. To him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. According to his, how do, see, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all I can ask or imagine. See, you understand that's why? Because it's according to his power. It's according to his power. But look at this. That is at work within us. My, 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 my. See, so we need fresh fire. We don't need to live on the dying embers of an encounter with God that's 20 years old. Are you with me? Fresh fire. I don't need to try to survive on the dying embers of something God did last year in my life. I need to fan the flames. It changes my perspective. It releases his power to do more than I can imagine. See, at, at his heart, God wants you to see this Christianity is not average. It's not human. It's not status quo. It's a supernatural encounter with the living God who saved us by grace. We could not earn what Jesus did on the cross. We could not earn that. We received that 
gift of grace by faith. And the Holy Spirit empowers us to live that life out. See, real Christianity is about change. Change. We're not who we were. You understand that? That's, that's the earmark. That's the, that's the distinction of real Christianity. Our life changes. If we were depressed and fearful and suicidal, he restores us and gives us hope and joy and a reason to live. Okay? It's about freedom. Why do we have a recovery ministry? What, who, in the world, how would, who would give us the audacity to think a local church could do something with our resources that all the money in the government programs can't accomplish? Because we don't do it in our ability. We know that if those ladies accept Christ as their Savior and are born again and the Spirit of God moves in their life, He's going to change them. He's going to transform them. I watched them yesterday. Yesterday at, at, at Adopt-A-Block. I, I, they're, they're, I, she's not here now, so I can say it. There's one lady. She's on her third trip through the recovery ministry. <laughs> third trip around. She got it this time. <laughs> she got it this time. See, I'm watching people that we used to pray for now. They're praying for people. One of, one of the ladies came yesterday. She's so excited. Pastor, guess what? I said, what? She said, two people have come through today that knew me in my old life. And they said, I can't believe you're out here praying for people. I can't believe the smile on your face. You look like a brand new person. Christianity is not a human organization. It is a divine uh, transformation. It's resurrection. Why? Is the church in, in America becoming so compromised, so infiltrated with the culture? Do you know why? Because there's not enough fresh fire present. And in the absence of the fire, you lose the power to change. And when the power to change is not there, you begin to accommodate behavior that's always been there. And so... A church without fire is a church without power. A church without power is a church without transformation. And then what do you have if that's not there? Is that a church? (laughs) Or is it a gathering of like-minded people? Just a thought. (laughs) Change requires power. Change requires power. Let me end with two verses here. Romans 8 verse 9. Turn there with me. Romans 8 verse 9. I may have more confidence in what God can do in your life than you have in your own life today. <laughs> I know who he, can, who he is and what he can do. See, see, change requires power. Our authenticity, our distinction is transformation. It's what God can do. Save anyone, come as you are, <laughs> but don't leave like you came. Everybody hear what I just said? Come as you are, but don't leave like you came. You met Jesus in this process. Look at this in Romans 8, verse, beginning of verse 9. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit of God. If the Spirit of God lives in you. Everybody read that? See, we, we, we're no longer under the control of what had us. If the Spirit of God lives in us. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. When does the Holy Spirit come in your life? When you accept Christ as Savior. Verse 10, but if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive 
because of righteousness. Here, look at verse 11. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body through his spirit who lives in you. I'm telling you, the change agent lives in us. The freedom giver, the deliverer, the God of the power of the Holy Spirit is in our life today. Let's look at one more verse. Philippians 2.13. Philippians 2.13. Church family, I just sense the Holy Spirit's direction to keep pulling us back over to biblical accuracy. Lifestyle in the light of the Word of God. Hope that my life can change. The joy of serving Him in that regard. I need the worship team to come join me. Now don't lose track here. Worship team, come. Church, stay with me. Philippians 2.13. Notice this with me. For it is God, God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Did you just read that? Ephesians 3.20 says, God is able to do immeasurably more than I can ask or even dream according to his power that's working where? In us. Philippians 2.13 says... For it is God who works in you through his immeasurable power, look at this, to will and to act, to give you the will to do the right thing and the ability to carry it out. How many heard what I just said? Christianity is not a long, ugly finger pointing in your face saying, you better get right, you better get right, you better get right, you're bad, you're bad, you're bad, you're going to hell, you're going to miss that. It's not an ugly finger of judgment. It is the grace of Almighty God saying, if you'll embrace my son Jesus as Savior, if you'll open your life to the Holy Spirit, I will work in you and change your will, change your thoughts, change your attitude, change who you are, and give you the ability to act according to my word. Church family, the only thing we need is fresh fire. Fresh fire. God, keep the fire burning. Keep me close to you. Walk in your presence. It is God who changes us, empowers us, changes your will, changes your outlook. He is able. Can somebody say amen to that today? The Holy Spirit brings me a perspective that changes everything and a power to carry out. The will of God in my life. I want you to stand with me. Don't leave. Just stand. Let's stand together here. I want you to stand. I'm confident. Listen to me, church family. I'm confident in the God who lives inside of you. I am trusting in the God who lives inside of you. That he is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. Here's my bottom line. Listen to me today. i got to ask you this last question. How do you see yourself? How do you see yourself? Have you accepted what God says about you, it all begins there. Or have you? Have you accepted what God says about you? Do you understand that you're the temple of the Holy Spirit? That God dwells in you by Spirit? That you're not just a anything? Do you hear what I said? You're not, ju- well, I'm just a, no, you're not just a anything. You're a daughter of the Most High God. You're a son of the Most High God. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead quickens your mortal body, lives with you 24-7, gives you a perspective on life that is dramatic and powerful. Do you realize that as long as you see yourself and accept the lies of Satan, as long as you see yourself, well, I'm just, you know, 
And I get so tired of those churches in prayer, those prayers in churches where, where they say, people get to pray, God, I'm just a lowly sinner. Mm. Well, why don't you quit? I mean, I get, we understand humility. When you really look in the face of Jesus, there's nothing more humbling. When you look at what he can do and what I cannot do, it's the most humbling thing in the world. But listen to me, it's not humility for you to say about yourself something different than what he says. So as long as you look at yourself and say, who would love me? What do I have to do to be loved? You're missing who you are. When you look at yourself and say, I've got to do what they want me to do. I've got to earn love. I've got to deserve love. I've got to... You you missed it. When you look at yourself and say, well, you know, my father was an alcoholic and or my father was a drug addict, or my mother was a drug addict, or this is dysfunction, or because this happened to me, I'll always be this. No. Everything, life, Satan, the world ever did to you is not greater than what Jesus did for you and what the Holy Spirit does in you. But as long as we say, I'm an addict, I'm a sinner, I'm depressed, And it's not just words. It's what do I see? What does the Holy Spirit help me see? When I look in the mirror of the Word of God, are you with me now? When I get the Word, James says it's a mirror, and I look in the mirror, who looks back at me? What do I see? God for you, with you. How many would say today, Pastor, (laughs) I want fresh fire. I need fresh fire. I need fresh fire. Can I be very vulnerable? Then we're going to pray. You know, as a pastor, I have to get fresh fire. Do you know that I have to watch my perspective as a pastor? So what do you mean? Well, you know, I can, uh, I, I, I don't know much. I love preaching. I feed myself. So I'm, I'm online and I'm listening to podcasts, preaching. And sometimes I'll go, gee, I got to preach so much better than me. And then sometimes I'll think, man, I wonder if they, I bet their prayer life's better than my prayer life. And then sometimes I'll say, ah, look at that guy. There's 30,000 people in that church. What am I doing wrong? Because I'm human. But then I have to get along with my father. And he says, I called you to Pastor Calvary. I put my hand on your life. You do what I tell you to do. You be faithful where you are. Don't compare yourself. Don't measure yourself by anybody but me. You see what I'm saying? And, and, and you, can, you can, the devil can condemn you while you're doing good. <laughs> but you need fresh fire. You need a perspective where you see what God wants you to see. Where you understand who you are. If you'll do that, you'll stop settling for all the substitutes. Stop settling for the counterfeits. Just stop having to put those other things in there. God will do it. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.